Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. I'm Lauren LaSalle, and I'm a licensed therapist, highly sensitive person, and HSP coach. This bi-weekly podcast covers information and tips relevant to HSPs, as well as interviews with HSPs and their loved ones. My hope for this podcast is to create a feeling of community, be a supportive place for HSPs, and normalize our experiences as highly sensitive people. Thank you so much for joining me, and let's begin. Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. I'm Lauren LaSalle, and I am a boundary-setting coach for highly sensitive people. In case you haven't listened to my boundary-setting episodes, I wanted to let you know that I have a free boundary-setting workbook that I created, and you can find it on my website, which I will link to in the show notes. You can use the workbook along with my boundary-setting podcast episodes, which are listed in the workbook, or you can use it on its own, and you can fill it in on your computer, tablet, or phone, or you can print it out if you prefer to handwrite. It's a great way to start or continue your boundary-setting journey, and you can always schedule a complimentary 15-minute call with me if you have any questions or you want to talk it over, and you can schedule this on my website. If you are finding that you would like more support when it comes to setting boundaries or any aspect of boundary setting, I have a few programs listed on my website, so you can check those out. They are all one-to-one coaching. I have a three-month program that includes Zoom meetings and Voxer support in between meetings. And in case you don't know what Voxer is, it's a text and voice messaging app. I have a one-month program that is Voxer only, so it's very flexible and a one-day Voxer program if you want extra support but you don't feel ready to invest in a full program. As always, if you have any ideas for episode topics, any questions for me to answer on the podcast, or if you want to write an email sharing your story for me to read on the podcast, you can email me at lauren at laurenlasallecoaching.com, and you can find out more about my coaching programs as well as resources and links to my social media by visiting my website at laurenlasallecoaching.com. All right, so today my guest is Erin Fuson. Erin is a trauma-informed movement teacher and a health and life coach for highly sensitive people. She utilizes the power of movement, dance, and yoga to guide clients to reconnect with and return home to their bodies, especially after trauma. Erin's coaching and movement classes empower clients to slow down and listen closely to the needs of their body and sensitive nervous system in each moment. Her style of teaching focuses on breath awareness, gentle movements, and moments of pause to turn inward. Erin is an avid journaler and writer as well. You can access her free journal called Me Here Now, which helps you increase gratitude, presence, and self-love. She also has a journal for purchase, Journal Into the Self, a self-love guide for sensitive souls. She also has free movement classes on her website. To find all of these offerings and to find out more about Erin or her offerings, you can visit her website, which is emindmove.com. All right, here is my conversation with Erin. So what was your experience like discovering that you're highly sensitive? Uh, So relieving, honestly, like um, I did my certification for health and wellness coaching, and that's when I first heard the term. And it was just sort of that light bulb moment of like, oh, everything finally makes sense. And like, I'm not this like broken, fragile, messed up person. It's like, oh, I just have this sort of overactive, sensitive nervous system. And I, I started to really realize like, oh, require different things. And I I just don't think we live in that culture. Um, And I'm sure we'll touch on that more. But yeah, it was like, oh, that's, that's kind of 
a part of the answer. It wasn't the whole answer, of course, but yeah, definitely a big part of the answer is to like who I am and why I am the way I am. I love that so many of us have the, the same exact reaction to it. I just think that's so cool. <laughs> right? It's just like, oh, okay. And, and you know, I, I have mixed feelings about like, so I've had chronic pain since 2009 and I, I don't have a diagnosis of like fibromyalgia or anything. And I, I don't know, I go back and forth of like, do you really need a like diagnosis? Not that being an HSP is a diagnosis, but um I do. I think it helps to have like wording for like, oh, I am this, I am, this is part of me, at least I'm not this whole thing, right? I'm not only an HSP, I'm a thousand other things, but it does give you clarity around like, how can I learn more about this trait and what I need to do and and how I need to take care of myself. So, yeah, it feels like so many of us, that's when we learn, oh, these are things that I need to do for myself. And maybe if we kind of thought that was something we had to do, but it's not what everybody else has to do. We're like, "Mm, I don't know if I actually need to do that because that's not what people tend to do. And so learning that these are things like having downtime and for a lot of us not being able to work full time, I think it's like, oh, it's okay now. (laughs) I feel okay because there are other people out there that also have these same things going on. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I don't know about you, but I'm also extroverted, which there's like very few, even fewer extroverted HSPs. And, and I really struggled with that for a long time of like, but I like people and I love being social and I love concerts and I love all these sort of things that don't always fit into like the HSP uh, needs. And I was like, well, what the hell? And then I just started to realize like, no, I I need both, right? I need social stimulation and I needed a lot more downtime than I was giving myself. And it's funny because even now, you know, especially now it's spring and it's like, oh, it's spring. Let's go do all the things. Even just this past week feeling more, uh, more social and like, okay, like let's not go from, you know, two to 10 in one week. Let's like ramp it up slowly and kind of like ramp it back down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just learning that it's okay to, like you said, not to work full time or you know, I remember I worked in a corporate job before and worked in like fluorescent lighting for sitting at a desk for eight hours a day. And it's like, I just, I don't know that I could do that anymore. And I think I just thought something was wrong with me. Like I must, yeah, I must be broken. I must be messed up. It's like, no, it's just my little nervous system doesn't want to sit in that for 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I remember when I, because I worked for a mental health agency before this. And luckily we had our own offices and we could put in our own lights if we didn't want the overhead lighting. And that was just, oh my gosh, that was so amazing. (laughs) It helped so much to be able to set my own mood and have my own sensory needs met in there. So, and it was still rough for me, (laughs) even being able to accommodate (laughs) that. So I'm like, man, if you have no control over your environment and you're working full time, it just seems just so draining. Yes. Yeah. And I always want to just kind of talk about what a privilege it is, right. That I like get to work for myself and I don't have to work full time. And I know not everyone can do that. And Mm -hmm. really, I think it's so, so important Then, if you are in a job or whatever other situation where you don't have control over that to really put these other self-care practices into place where your nervous system does get time to like reset, knowing that you have to go right back tomorrow and do it again. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So let's get into um, some questions that I have for you. So why is slowing down so important for HSPs? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's important for everyone. Honestly, I was thinking about that this morning. Um, I just think we live in such a culture that's go, 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 do, 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 rush, hurry, move on to the next thing. Um, I think for highly sensitive people, there's especially this like sensitivity to shifts and like micro shifts, right? Of course, we all know changing jobs, changing cities, uh, getting into a relationship or a divorce or something like those are huge life, life events that we're all very thrown by. But I think one big thing for me has been learning that HSPs are also just hypersensitive to like the shift between waking up and, you know, starting your day or going to bed, uh, going from work to your house, like all these kind of little, um, I really love the work of Cheryl Paul. She always refers to these things as like portals as like literally let your door, your entrance to your home be a portal where you get to slow down and like, okay, I left work at work and now I'm at home and like take a moment to slow down and really be in that instead of just like, okay, now I'm home and now I got to start cooking dinner. Now I got to get, you know, the dogs out or kids if you have kids and it's just like, hold on. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think we all HSPs especially can just use more of that. So many reasons slowing down for uh, yeah. And really just getting to know yourself, right? Like I think when you're in that like hamster wheel, rush, 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 hurry all the time, you don't get to to figure out, okay, what is it that I need, right? Because I mean, if you're new to being, uh, realizing you're an HSP, you, you might start to see things that work for other people. And if you're not giving yourself time to really explore that, just because you're like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll check it off the box. It's like, you just need to slow down and sit with, yeah, what, what works best for you? Yeah, I remember coming home from work and my husband would get home from work like an hour before I would. And I'd come in the door and he'd be really excited to tell me all about his day and all about these things. And I would just be trying to come home, like take my shoes off, take my coat off, just kind (laughs) of, I don't know, like get change into comfy clothes. And I'm like, you, I, I, I'm happy to see you. And I really want to hear what you have to say, but you have to just go away for a second and stop talking to me because my brain is just like, we're still, still not here yet. It's still at work. (laughs) My drive home wasn't that long that I was able to fully process this transition. So yeah, I think it's really, as you were saying, like really important to just be able to, I guess, fully experience that transition and yeah, just slow down and just take a minute and don't be just immediately going into the next thing. Cause it is, I think it really does take a toll on us. And I don't know that a lot of people are aware of, of that happening to them because it's just maybe what they're used to. Exactly. Yeah. For me too, you know, there's this whole other spiritual side to it too, is like, I really can only tap into that when I have enough time to like sit and be and breathe instead of like, okay you know, I'm, I'm meditating. I'm putting that in air quotes of like, but I'm thinking about, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. Right. And, and I think everyone can benefit from that aspect of, yeah, just sort of taking some time to be in your body, be with your breath, connect to something, whatever you believe in, right. God, universe, spirit. I just think it's, it's so important to take a little moment, whether that's first thing in the morning or, you know, right before you go to bed, just to have that, like, that breath. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So how can HSPs tap into their sensitivity and truly feel their emotions in order to heal their pain and anxiety? Yeah, that's a big one. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I answer that in a few sentences? Um, again, I think it it really comes back to figuring out what works for you, right? Like, uh, for me, that looks like things like journaling, dance, yoga, you know, mindful movement and joyful movement. And one of the, I think the, maybe the best lessons for me was, was getting back into my body. You know, I grew up dancing, gave it up for a long time because of life and shame and all the things. And then I got back into yoga or got into yoga and that started introducing me back to my body. And I just uncovered all these like stored emotions that, you know, I don't, I don't know if there are other HSPs like this out there, but I'm, I was sensitive, but I wasn't, I didn't uh, show it a lot. I grew up in a household where uh, you could be like happy or quiet, you know, and outbursts weren't allowed and anger wasn't, not that it wasn't allowed. (laughs) kind of not allowed. So I think I learned at a really young age just to like tamper all that down and keep that inside. So part of my work has been like even allowing emotions to exist in my body and and in my world. Right. And then having practices that allow me to like put a word to like, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. Like I was 30 by the time I realized like, Oh, I've had anxiety since I was probably a teenager, Mm -hmm. but like, I didn't have that word for it just because I had no, I had no idea. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been dancing for a long time too, not with in the past few years, but it really, I think, yeah, if you have some sort of movement that you do, it really makes such a difference because I don't feel whole if I have that aspect of my life, not there. And I mean, I, I hate working out. (laughs) So it's like really hard to get me to actually move if I'm not dancing or going for a walk or a hike or something. Yeah. So dancing has been a really huge part of, I think, my self-care, even if I wasn't aware of it growing up. And I really, I really need to get back into it because it, yeah, it just really is a great way to connect with your body. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, for HSPs, especially having, again, having those outlets that maybe what you see work for works for other people may not work for you. Like again, going to like a brightly lit fluorescent and a grungy gym. Like, I don't want to do that. I, no. <laughs> and I'm so like grossed out, but you know, it's just like, Ooh, what am I touching? And, um, that doesn't work for me anymore. And like, I do like lifting weights only cause I know it's like good for my mental health and it keeps me strong but I had to, I had to work on that, you know, and it's, I really encourage people who are listening. If you do feel very disconnected from your body um, for whatever reason, yeah. Whether it's you're kind of overwhelmed by emotions or if you have chronic pain, that's a whole nother, like, mm, I'll try not to curse mind trickery (laughs) (laughs) where like pain makes you feel like your body isn't yours anymore. Right. Especially when you look very normal from the outside. You look fit and healthy and and young and vibrant and people don't understand like, oh, walking two miles is painful for you. And so I really encourage people who are listening to, yes, start exploring like all the, all the things, right. All the avenues, try walking, try dance, try yoga, try slacklining, like whatever, you know, um, 
roller skating. There's so many fun and nourishing ways to be in your body. That doesn't have to mean like, Oh, go to the gym and like pump in iron with the boys. (laughs) If that's your thing, that's also great. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So just encouraging people to to explore, you know? Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what you do as a coach? And I know you have a couple different, I guess, avenues to work with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know it's always hard to narrow it down sometimes, but, um, so yeah, my coaching is, I mean, really about slowing down. It's about getting clear with my clients, what it is that they need to see shift in their life. And, whether that's something really small of like, Hey, I just want to be on my phone less before bed. And it's like, okay, why is that important? Like that's the biggest thing, right? Is anytime we want to make a shift in our routine, we need to have a really clear intention of why, because it won't matter. Like if you're just doing it, cause you're like, I saw a video on TikTok that it's like good for me, or I heard, you know, I heard about this and I should just do it. It's like, uh, that's not enough motiv- motivation for me. Maybe that lasts for two weeks or something. So that's one thing I work on clients with is like, what needs to shift? And some people don't even know, right? They, they come to me and they're just like, I, I have no idea, but I know I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel overwhelmed and I'm stressed and just everything feels like a struggle. So part of what, what, what my job is helping them. Yeah. Like how can we start to implement really small, really, really small shifts in your day, in your routines, in your life that help start regulating your nervous system and making life like livable first and then, you know, thriving beyond that. But outside of that, I do movement sessions with people too. I do that here in in person in Birmingham and online. Uh, And my coaching is all in person and online as well. But uh, I lead people through uh, it kind of depends. It's it's a little bit up to their discretion. And I use some kind of intuition as to like, if I feel like somebody comes to me and they're really frazzled, it's like, okay, we probably need to slow it down a little. Um, but it's interesting. I think as you start to, again, get more in your body, you you learn, you as the client or the student learns like, you know, I actually really need to like, let some energy go first. So I need to move. I need to dance. I need to like, get all the wiggles out before I can sit down versus some people are like, no, I really just, I need a, an hour of like laying down. <laughs> like I want to be in the end poses and I just want you to like hold space for me. So yeah, doing that. I do some sound healing as well. So that's awesome. It sounds like really needed work. I mean, I know it is. Can you talk just briefly about what sound healing is? Cause it sounds really interesting and I I've only heard very little bits about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I'm actually trying to post more of his video just before we hopped on of trying to show more like of what it is. Cause I don't think a lot of people have, have experienced it. So I play a few things, uh, mostly uh, crystal sound bowls. So if you've ever been to maybe into a yoga space, um, there are these big white crystal bowls and the kind of concept behind it is that each at least for me, I have seven bowls. Each bowl is associated with a chakra or energy system in the body. And as you play each bowl, they're all frequency specific and they all have their own sort of uh, characteristics and healing properties. But as I play each bowl, the, the theory and the belief is that it kind of opens these 
chakra systems or in energy systems that are stuck or stagnant or kind of sluggish, if you will. And then sometimes people are also overactive in certain chakra systems. So then uh, the music, the sound can also kind of tamper them down a little. If you're, you know, I always like to give the example of like, if you're too overactive in your throat chakra, you'll be one of those people who like over talks and cuts people off and just kind of like rambles and rambles. So it's like, okay, can we bring it down a little? So, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I found that so interesting. And yeah, I, I haven't really explored what that is. So it's really cool that you do that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think part of my, so I was telling my story to someone yesterday, actually, who asked how I got into it. And I lived out in California before and was going to a bunch of sound baths and um, not a bunch, but every time I'd go, I would have this very clear, like, this is what you're meant to be doing signal. And I was just wow. like, no, like, that's not me. I'm not a musician. Um, I used to think I was way less creative than I do now. So I was just like, that's weird. No. And, you know, it would happen every time. And finally, I guess about two years ago, I went to one and got that very loud, just like, this is what you're meant to be doing. And I was like, okay, and bought the bowls. And um, I've got some other, some other instruments that I'm adding. And I'm super excited to to do more of that online too. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's funny because yeah. I mean, this for everyone listening, this is the first time that Aaron and I have met like talking in real life or you know <laughs> as real life as we can fake life, fake life. <laughs> <Zoom> life. <laughs> talking live I guess <laughs> um but just from seeing all of your posts on Instagram I would definitely creative would be one of the first words that that I would come up with <laughs> to describe you just from what Thank I've seen you. so <laughs> yeah it's been you know and that's a, another part of my work is encouraging and kind of helping people tap into like, what is their creativity? Again, I think we hear creative and we think artist, and it has to be a painter, right? A painter, like sculptor, something very traditional. And I don't think that's uh, where most of us have our creativity. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it can be in movement. It can be in the way that you parent. It can be in the way you problem solve. Cooking can be creative. There's so many outlets that I think people uh, because of the generation that we were raised in, I assume at least that, uh, it was just like, no, you need a real job. Mm -hmm. Like being an artist isn't a, a career or a job. You need to like get a real job. So I think that was pushed out of so many of us. And I really want to invite people to, again, like just play with that. And I do watercolor painting and I wouldn't say they're great, but like, it's such a cool, it's just a cool thing to be like, oh my God, I created this. <laughs> so I would love for, for more people to do that as well, just to play with that. And, and you never know, you never know, you might be a writer or a musician or who knows what a dancer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so is there anything yeah. else that you wanted to bring up that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I think the only other thing is I also do trauma informed yoga. That's something that's been big on my heart for the last few years. I've been doing a lot of training around that. And, you know, I think, when people hear like, ooh, trauma informed, they assume that they'll have to come with, like, come to me and like unpack all their trauma and tell all their trauma stories. Um, and that is not at all the, the, the intention behind it. If, if somebody wants to, I guess they can, but it's a little bit out of my scope of practice as a yoga teacher, of course. 
Um, but again, it's really about like, how do you get back into your body and teaching people these, these resourcing tools is what we call it. So grounding, centering, being present in the breath, teaching people these resources so that they, whether, you know, we've all experienced trauma. Again, I think this, that's one of those buzzwords you hear and you're like, oh, I don't, you know, it's not these big T traumas of catastrophic events. Um, especially for HSPs, I think we have so many little T traumas of just like everything feels so sensitive and so intense and so personal sometimes. Mm -hmm. So giving people tools to like release some of that trauma without having to just sit and talk about it, you know? Yeah. I love all of those somatic experiences and and tools. And I really want to get take some, some courses to learn some of those. Cause I think they are so, so helpful. And just, I mean, I was trained just in talk therapy and I think for some people that's really helpful. And for some people it's just not. <laughs> so, and I feel like I really love being in touch with myself in, in every single way. And so, yeah, I think those, those are really important tools. So it's great that you're doing that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of fun. And, it you know, it's also really hard work and intense work sometimes. But and like you said, like, and I am not I love therapy. I go to therapy. Um, I'm not demonizing it at all. But just giving people different options of, yeah, maybe sitting across from someone is too vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So you just need to, like, move and be in your own body and and explore those sort of sensations for yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, trauma is stored in the body, too. So it makes sense that you really need to work on your body and and movement to get it out. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You uh, we're learning that you can't just sit and talk about it and have it be like expelled out of your body somehow. So yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm very passionate about it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how can people connect with you? Yeah. So I am E mind move on Instagram. That's E is an Aaron mind move. Uh, I also have a website, emindmove.com. Uh, I am on TikTok too, emindmove. And those are, yeah, those are the best places to reach me. Awesome. Well, thank you so yeah. much for, for being here and sharing all of your knowledge and, and all of the programs that you offer. I think it's that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Highly Sensitive Podcast. You can help support the show by taking a minute to rate and review it, share a favorite episode with a friend, or go to patreon.com slash highly sensitive podcasts.